Well, if you have your Bible, we're in Acts 20, verse 24. We're going to talk today about winning the race, about finishing strong. How many of you were ever on a track team? Anybody in here ever on a track team? Bunch of you were. I was too. Today we want to finish strong. Let's win the race. When you look at the scripture, you find that life is often compared to a race. Paul used that analogy a lot in his writings. Let's look at our text this morning. Acts 20, verse 24. I don't consider my life worth anything. If only I can finish the race and complete the task that Jesus has given to me. Later in 2 Timothy 4, 7, Paul says, this incidentally was the last chapter that he wrote before he died. Paul writes this and he says, I have finished the race. Praise God. Will you be able to say that when you come to the end? We've had a number of funerals in our uh, family recently. And we're going to have this other one that we mentioned Tuesday. And there's some other folks that are at the point of death. You know, when you come to the end of your life, are you going to be able to say, Lord, I gave it my best. I did the best I could. I know I didn't do everything right. I didn't uh, reach every uh, goal I had, but I gave it my best. You know, that's what we want to be able to say. Have you ever been to a big uh, marathon where they run, you know, a long ways? At the first, there's hundreds of people around the starting line. And then somebody shoots the gun and they start. And you notice as you watch that it thins out. You know, finally, down toward the end, after they've run that long, long distance, there's two or three, maybe four of them that are uh, trying to win, trying to cross the line first. Well, uh, this is the way it is. This is typical of life. Everyone starts uh, the same way. But then it seems like some begin to excel. They begin to really do well. Some start showing character and compassion and Christian traits. They they do that as early as high school. And then they move into college and some of them have really got some momentum going by that time. And they're really ready to stand strong for the Lord Jesus. Some build momentum all their life like a great marathon racer. And they finish with honor and with dignity and service to God and man. Well, where are we this morning in the race of life? Are we just getting started? Are we halfway through? Are we, are we doing our best? Are we on track? Uh, did you kind of ease off on a detour there for a few years? It's really uh, not too late for you to finish well, no matter how old you are. You can finish well if you want to. Nobody runs a perfect race. We all trip uh, every now and then. Rarely uh, do we run the whole race just exactly like we wanted to race it. You know, some uh, say they have, but I kind of doubt it. Difficulties will come, but we need to stay focused on the goal and on the reward. We need to trust God for the power to complete our mission. You've heard the saying, keep on keeping on. 
First uh, Corinthians nine twenty four says, "Run in such a way as to get the prize." In other words, do your best, give it all you've got. Paul is telling us that there's a right way to run the race of life, and there's a wrong way to run the race. If you run the right way, you finish the race, and your family, your country, and your Lord are very, very proud of you. They're proud of you. They want to put their arm around you. They want to hug you. They're smiling. They are thrilled to the death with the effort that you've given. Some people run the wrong way, and maybe they drop out along the way, and they don't make anybody proud, and it's such a shame. This morning, I want to give you five secrets to completing your life's race with distinction and grace. Now, these are listed on the back of the bulletin if you want to uh, follow it there. Number one, to win the race, to finish well, you've got to remove all the distractions that come against you. Hebrews 12.1 says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. This morning I want to take that last phrase and kind of emphasize it. The race marked out for us. Now, God has a unique race for you to run. For you to run. We're not all running the same race. No one else can do it for you. And because it's a particular race, if you don't run it, it doesn't get done. You know, you're the only one that has certain grandchildren. You're the only one that can influence that particular person at work. You're the only one that can do the great job with the neighbor that has been a real problem. Not only to the family, but to the neighborhood. Paul tells us, because of that, the first thing you have to do is to remove all the distractions. Now, you would not run a marathon in a suit of armor. That would be ridiculous. You would not run a cross-country race in a football uniform. What are some of the things that can distract you from your important life mission. Well, there's a lot of things. Of course, there's the wrong relationships. You know, sometimes we, we uh, become real good friends with people that pull us down. They just pull us down. They never build us up. They're always trying to take us in the wrong direction. They're always trying to get us off the track that the Lord wants us to be on. Some folks uh, gamble all their money away. Now, this morning, if you know the names of most of the dealers over at the Seminole Place, that's not good. That is not good. Sometimes uh, there are those that don't take care of their body. And because of that, they can't run well. They can't do well. There are some that are caustic with everybody. Do you know anybody like that? I, I do. I know one or two like that. They're caustic with everybody. It's equal opportunity for everybody. There are a lot of things that can get you off the track of completing your life mission. Do you know what the biggest distraction in life is? It's your past. 
Are you stuck in the past? Uh, if you continue to hold on to the hurts in your past, then you're not going to make any headway. Uh, if you won't forgive people that have hurt you, then you're not going to finish well. You continue to beat yourself over the head for a failure that happened a long, long time ago. You think, you know, I could never be used by God really to do much of anything. I'm just kind of here and, and that's about it for me. Well, you're dead wrong if you think that. Philippians 3.13 says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize. Paul had a lot to feel guilty about. He really did. You know he was guilty of murder. And yet he says, I forgot the past and I just pressed ahead. Now if you're going to reach the finish line in life and you're going to do well, you're going to have to let go of the guilt and the grief and the grudges that you've had for a long time. You've got to let go of that stuff. That stuff is really going to slow you down. It's going to harm you from doing the things in life that you really want to accomplish. Let's lay them aside and get on with the rest of our life. You must learn from the past, not dwell on it. God has a wonderful wonderful plan for your future. But you've got to get on the track with him. You can't be uh, dealing with the grudges and, and all of that stuff all the time. One of my favorite movies was Chariots of Fire. Did any of y'all see that, Chariots of Fire? Most of you did. That's a great movie. Eric Little, you remember, was the, uh, was the runner, the Olympic runner. Uh, early in his life, early in the movie, uh, there was a guy in a race with him, and the guy kind of knocked him off the uh, track. And uh, Eric stumbled and fell. And you could tell in a split second what he decided to do. He got up, and he kind of gritted his teeth, and he bent his head forward, and he started running. He was not going to let that defeat him. And if you remember the movie, he, he gradually, uh, at the very, very end, uh, won the race. Now, you may have stumbled in life. Correction, correction. We all have stumbled in life. We all have. But the race isn't over. The race is still going on this morning. So you eliminate the distractions and you get on with the rest of your life. Number two, uh, to finish well, I must remember the reason and the reward. Why am I trying to make something of my life? Why? Now, if you can't answer the why, then you're not even going to make it to the finish line. Second uh, Corinthians 4.1 says, Through God's mercy, we have this ministry. So we don't become discouraged. Why do we stay in the race? Because God has given us something to do. God wants us to reach that grandchild. God wants us to reach that neighbor. God wants us to build up that certain ministry. He wants us to take part in that certain activity 
and to build it up to the glory of God. Because God gives us that. It gives us a reason, a motive. It gives us a plan. It gives us a goal. He has put to us on earth for a purpose. Any creation that does not fulfill its purpose is a failure. I don't care how much money you make or how many times your face is on the cover of the magazine. If you haven't fulfilled the purpose that God created you for, you're a failure in your life. Now, we're not talking here about some minor issue. That's not what we're talking about. He made you. He put you on this earth for a reason. If you don't fulfill that reason, then you have missed the whole point of your life. Well, we, we understand that. So we have a reason for why we keeping on, uh, keeping on, uh, because we remember what God wants us to do. Another thing that keeps us going is the reward. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9.25 says, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Back then, uh, they ran a long, long, long way in the Olympic uh, races. Everybody in the society knew, and everybody was involved in that. There weren't any theaters, there weren't any, you know, everybody knew about the Olympic race. They did it to get a crown that would not last. It was just a, a little woven thing. It wasn't much at all. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever, forever. Nobody can take that crown from us. If God gives it to us, we've got it forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. Somebody asked Mark Spitz after he'd won seven gold medals in that Olympics, what was the key to his winning? And he says, oh, that's very simple. That's very simple. He said, I go uh, to the pool. In fact, I went to the pool every day for four years before the Olympic. Every day. And for seven hours, seven days a week, I was swimming. That, it, that's the reason. You know, there's no success without a little bit of sacrifice. What motivates us to make the sacrifice, we realize that God is going to reward us uh, on the basis of how we fulfilled our life's mission. If you know him, if you're his child, then he's going to re reward you on the basis of what you did in your life. There are three kinds of motivations in life. There is the internal motivation that we make ourselves. We, we say, hey, you got to get up and get with it. The internal motivation. Then there's the external motivation. We have friends, we have coaches, we have mentors that help us, guide us, push us along, and we do the best that we can for them. And then there is the eternal motivation. Paul says that we do it for a heavenly reward that never, never disappears. The secret to making it over the finish line is to maintain our focus. We've got to focus on the goal. We've got to focus on the tape at the end of the race. Paul tells us 
not to concentrate on our problems. You know, some people, when you go up to them and say, how you doing? And then they list 14 problems. <laughs> Along about number five or six, you, you know, you kind of zone out. You know, you really don't want to hear all 14. If you're always concentrating on your problems, you're never going to accomplish anything. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's true. There's a poster in a store window, and it said this. Obstacles are what you see when you take your eyes off the goal. I love that. All right, number three, I must renew myself daily. The basic idea is that Paul is telling us, if you're going to make it over the long haul, you've got to learn how to recharge yourself. You've got to be strong physically, you've got to be strong emotionally, and you've got to be strong spiritually. You've got to be strong in all those areas. Second uh, Corinthians 4.16 says, For this reason, we are not to become discouraged. Our spiritual being is renewed day by day. We can't be discouraged. Uh, if you're going to make it to the finish line then you've got to know what renews you, and you've got to do that over and over and over again. Since my wife has retired, I have been eating the best food every night. I mean, the girl can cook. I have gained some weight. It is renewing more of me. Fulfilling your life's mission is not going to be easy, but it is the right thing for you to do. It's what you're made for. There are three things which you should do to renew your hope. You need to know these three things. You need to recognize God's goodness to you in the past. He was good to you. He was there when you came under conviction. He was there. When you were saved, he was there when you took those first spiritual steps. And God is present with us in the now of life. And God has promised to us his power in the future. He's going he's to be giving us strength and power in the days that are ahead. When we focus on these three things, we find renewed hope. All right, number four, I must resist discouragement. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in well-doing, for at the proper time we will reap the harvest if we do not get discouraged and give up. Do you know some people that have given up? I do. I do. I try and talk to them, but they've given up. You know, I can't, uh, I can't get them going. They're, they've given up. They quit. Well, let me say to you that discouragement is a deadly enemy of your life's mission. When you get discouraged, you become ineffective. Now, the very moment you decide to get serious about God's mission for your life, the forces of evil, start to work against you, to try and discourage you from the task that's before you. He will try and mess you up initially, 
And he will try as best he can to push you back. But if you will push through that, you'll make it to the finish line. The secret of success is endurance. Endurance. You simply outlast everybody else. I've always uh, said that the secret of success is to outlast your critics. Someone asked Wellington, what was the reason for the success of the British Army? And he said, well, this is it. We fight five minutes longer than anybody else. (laughs) Great people are ordinary people with an extraordinary amount of endurance. They stay with it. They keep on keeping on. Now let me ask, do you finish what you start? That's important. When things don't go right, do you have a pity party? Everybody hates me. Nobody loves me. I'm going to quit. Do you complain? Do you argue? Do you blame everybody else? Or do you power through? Power through. Keep going. Paul was persistent. You know, if you read about his life in the Bible, you're just amazed. this This terrible thing happened to him. He kept going. This terrible thing happened to him. He kept going. This terrible thing happened to him. He kept going. Just over and over and over again. He said, I am not going to quit. I am not going to give up until I have completed the task that God has given to me. Quit was not in his vocabulary. And it should not be in yours. You do not determine a man's greatness by his talent or his wealth or his education. You determine a man's greatness by what it takes to discourage him. Now let me ask you, what does it take to discourage you? Does one word of criticism do it? You want to throw your hands up and say, well, okay, I quit. You know, I just quit. Years ago, during the heat of the battle in World War II, the heat of the battle, Prime Minister Winston Churchill was asked to speak at Harrow's uh, Men's School. The chancellor told the men, now get your pads out and your pencils out. The, The Prime Minister is going to come and he's going to speak and you want to get down every word that he says. This is important. This is really important. He's going to make a major wartime speech at our school. Churchill went into Herod's men's school, and he walked to the assembly hall, and he stood up before a standing room only crowd. It was packed out. People were everywhere. Couldn't get another one in there. And he said, gentlemen, never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Never, never give up. And he turned and walked out of the room. (laughs) Now, do you think this, do you think that maybe God has brought somebody to this service today so that the Lord God Almighty could say to them, never give up. You know, in a crowd this size, there's probably somebody here today that is thinking, 
you know, I just, I can't do it anymore. I just can't do it anymore. God is saying to you today, not only don't give up, but God is saying to you, get back on the track. We haven't finished the race yet. We've got a ways to go. Hebrews 10.36 says, you need to persevere so that you will have done the will of God and receive what he has promised. The fact is that somewhere along the way, uh, you are going to be tested. When you're tested by the Lord, uh, you find out how serious you are about it. When you're tested by the Lord, you also find out that the Lord is there for you. He hadn't left you. He's there during the time of testing. Some people might say, well, this is unreasonable. This is unwarranted. It's unbearable. And you think that you can't handle it. But you can handle it. When God is with you, you'll make it. All right, number five. To win the race, to finish well, we need to rely on Christ. The only way that we can do God's mission is to let God give us the energy and the insight to do it. God wants to help us. One of the ways uh, is that we will realize that God has given us a mission is that it's something that's so big that we can't do it by ourselves. That's the way you can tell whether it's your goal or God's goal. If it's real big, you don't think you can do it, that's probably something that God put in your heart. What God calls you to do, he will equip you to do. He will guide you and provide for you to do whatever it is that he wants you to do. Often we do not understand the circumstances that come into our life are there to equip us are to mold us so that we can finish the task that the Lord has for us. Now, some of you uh, today might be going through some rough patches, maybe right now. Maybe some of you think, hey, I'm going to go under. I just, I can't keep going. For some of you, the problems have gone to the, to the point, to the place where you think, you know, I, I might need to take my life. The good news is this, God is not through with you. You need to know that your race, your particular race is not over. You can finish well. I hope you can write this down in your Bible somewhere. God will never give up on me. Write that down in your Bible, maybe on the front page. God will never give up on me. He who began this work, this good work in you, wants to complete it in you. Doesn't matter what your background is. God loves you. God has a mission for you. And if you'll focus on him and will do amazing things in and through his power, you will be so thrilled when you come to the end of the course. You'll have a smile on your face, a smile in your heart. And you'll say, thank God that you led me to this point. Be strong. Never give up. Never give up.
Follow the Lord today. Perhaps there are some in the house that have never trusted, believed in Christ as their Lord and Savior. We want you to today. Don't give up. Today, give your heart and life to him. You do it this way. You say, Father, forgive me of the sin of my life. I'm sorry for that. I want you to forgive me. And he will. The scripture says he will forgive you. Lord, I want to place my faith and my trust in Jesus as the boss of my life, as the savior of my life. That's all, that's all it is. That's all it takes to be one of his. If you'd like to do that today, do it. We're going to sing in just a minute. You just slip to the center of the aisle. Come on down. If you're here today, you've been visiting with us for a period of time, and you want to be a part of a Bible-believing church, slip out, slip forward, come today, and take a stand for Christ. The doors of our church are open. We want you to come with us and join with us as we try and serve the Lord together. Let's stand as we sing.